Hey there, you're listening to Apple Scruffs, a podcast where we talk a little about the Beatles and a lot about George Harrison. I'm Katie Yeager, one of the co-hosts of Apple Scruffs, alongside Skylar Moody and Layla Ortiz. In our second episode, we do a deep dive into part one of Get Back. George isn't being listened to, and we slowly watch him decide to leave the group. How did we get here? Where do we go next? Listen and find out. I have an intro thing that I want to say to get us started because it's something that popped up on my Twitter timeline a few days ago. Someone um, that I follow tweeted a clip of John Lennon on The Tomorrow Show in 1975, and he was talking about when the Beatles broke up, like it wasn't out of hatred. It was just out of boredom because they kept going into the studio. They were doing the same thing. And it was the whole like, oh, time to make another album kind of mentality. And I feel like when you start watching part one of Get Back, you're just thrown into that immediately. Like it's right there. They're kind of just walking in like, yep. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. They're kind of just sitting there like, oh, just another day in the studio. Got to make another album. And, but it was just all that stress added onto it, which was making it worse. I think the the opening sequence really sets up the entire thing very well because like you get a lot of um <clears throat> context uh as to like what you're jumping into. So um like cuz when I started watching let it like when I watched let it be, I didn't know that it was like only a few months after uh the white album. So I was like I didn't know where it sat in the timeline. So I couldn't really like get any, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I, I just wasn't aware of where it sat in their lives. Um, and so like having that context really like opened a whole new thing for me in like the, the grand scheme of like their story. So I really appreciate that Peter Jackson made it like a film and then was like, okay, now the documentary. Yeah, it's good to be reminded of where they came from because then you see what they've been through and it kind of puts you into their mindset. So you're like walking into the studio with them and you're kind of feeling yeah. exactly what they felt. So you're like, exactly. All right, I'm really here. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. We just argued for like six months and now we're going to argue some more. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Like, I know you both have talked to about being like, what, like third generation Beatle fans and like, and how time for us is different. Cause yeah, you can watch cavern club clips and then you could watch like get back and like see how that wasn't that long of a time for them you know and like for us it's like yeah you can go five minutes between those two things and like I definitely agree having that like lead up and also with in spite of all the danger in the background like the beginning and end tracks of this episode both killed me that like shattered my heart the minute I started watching I'm like no can You're I not just going say, there today? Can I just say something about Harrison McCartney uh, songs? I have a note about it because okay, so when they start talking about thinking of linking, I think right before like because the camera cuts and it's like Paul looking where George is sitting, and then he says, uh, "I don't think that uh, that one ever got there, did it?" So to me, it seems like George was like. Hey, what about thinking of linking? And George is like, ha ha, yeah, I'll play it. I mean, Paul was like, ha ha, yeah, I'll play it for a second. And then he stops playing it and then immediately starts playing a song with John. I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, how dare you shut that man down like that? Oh my God. I'm sorry. I got impassioned about Paul and George, but <laughs> I had to bring it up. Can I point out a thing that I noticed? For the majority mm-hmm. of the time that they were sitting there playing, 
it was always John and Paul on one side, George and Ringo on the other. So it's like George and Ringo have to be like forced to kind of watch the Lennon McCartney show right in front of them. And cause, cause they're just talking, they're just vibing, having a great time. And George and Ringo are like, mm-hmm. And you can see like George kind of like interjecting a little bit like, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Or we should do this or we should do that. And then it's like when he finally gets the spotlight and he's trying to show them all things must pass, like John and Paul just, they finally shut the fuck up, but it's kind of just them being like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Great song, George. Like they just don't care. And then like the next scene, it cuts to John and Paul just playing again. And I'm like, can you all stop? Listen to him for five minutes. He's trying to tell you stuff. He's trying to show you what he wants to hear in the recordings as well. He's trying to give you, you advice on your songwriting and you're just not having it. Literally, literally. And this is like maybe a part two and three discussion too. But I feel like when George leaves, which of course we'll talk about, I feel like for John, he understands. And like when he has those conversations with Paul, he's kind of like, yeah, like we've been mistreating him. Like, let's get better. And like in, in episodes after that, you can see John like kind of make an effort to be like, okay, shit, we got to listen to this kid. Cause like he's in this band and he has good ideas and like not doing that is what made him leave the first time. And like Paul, I don't really see that shift in him as much. And like, I, and like, Oh, like the George Paul relationship, like that they are the first people who ever met in this group. Like, even though it didn't start with them because, you know, they weren't trying to create a band together. Like that relationship has existed the longest. And like, I feel like watching this too, it's so often like George looking at Paul and being like, hey, like I'm ready to collaborate with you. Like I'm here and I want to work. And Paul is looking at John and being like, John, please like come back to me. Like let's have that same thing that we used to have. And it's like, if you're looking for a collaborator, George is here and he wants to work with you, but you're just so hung up on like, but John, like, but John. Yeah, George is like, yeah, like, I'll play whatever you want me to. Like, I'll play this or I won't play at all. You just need to tell me. Like, I'm here. I'm listening to you. And Paul's- well, no, that's sarcastic, though. Like, I like, I feel like that's like him being passive aggressive. Like, he was communicating out of hurt in that situation. Like, but I, the thing that drives me crazy about, like, the whole, the whole situation with the three of them is, like, I really feel like Paul is, like, not getting to see John that much. So he's like, I've got to compensate for that by using studio time to like fuck around with my best friend. Cause I don't get to do that anymore. And George is literally just like, okay, we're here to work. We've got like two yeah. weeks to do this. So like, if you want to do it, like, let's do it. And Paul's like, okay, okay, okay. Like we're working. That's what we're doing. And George is like, okay, fine. Well, like, let's all work, you know? And then Paul is like, no, I only want to work with this guy because I don't get to work with him anymore. And I think that's where all of the tension starts or it doesn't start, but like it it continues. Um, I feel like them procrastinating like that is also kind of a way of them putting off the fact that they're like, oh shoot, we got to record a new album. We got to think about this live show. So they're kind of like regressing back like behavior wise. And then like music wise, what they're playing, they're regressing back to like their teenage years, early twenties. Cause they're playing like all like the oldies or whatever, or they're playing like old songs that they wrote like way, way back in the day. And of course they're acting like teenagers a bit. Cause they're like, yeah, you know, this is great. We're having a great time here. We don't have to do all of this in two weeks. Nope. We got we got all the time in the world. So I feel like that was also just them kind of trying to find a little bit of stress relief and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the fact that there is this such this tight deadline and yet George's songs still are like, mm, like after I me mine, like I feel like right after they're done with it, Paul's like, John, like, do you not have anything else? And it's like, George just showed you a song. Like, you know, he's sitting on songs. 
why yeah. not like, give them an honest shot instead of being like, yeah, okay, George is your butt. Like, we need 12 more songs. John, do you have anything else? It's like, he has the songs and you're just, Literally. yeah. Yeah, I do think it is interesting though that later in this episode, George does say like, I don't want to do any of my songs. I do think that's an interesting, because he's like, it's not going to be good. And then Paul's like, well, don't be like that. Like, I do think that's also an interesting shift where George is like, fuck it. If you're not going to put care and attention towards my songs, I don't want you to do them. I feel like George also saying that when he was like, oh, I don't want to do any of my songs on the live show. I feel like that was him trying to get Paul's attention for Paul to be like, no, wait, no, we love your songs. Like, come do it. Come do it. I feel like that was just him being like, yeah, you know, like my songs suck. And they want to be like, he wants them to be like, no, stop it. And instead Paul's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and George is like <laughs> George is like oh fuck this I'm out goodbye that didn't work the way I wanted it to <laughs> also like one of the conversations that breaks my heart is like when when George like uh when George starts talking about Eric and he's like because like leading up to this like Paul's been doing like lead guitar work and stuff like that John's probably also been I can't I, you know I'm not gonna but like John's been doing lead guitar work and everything and like George says something to the effect of like, well, Eric is the only lead guitarist in his group. And like, I feel like I have the quote. I think he says, I feel now I can play things. I can learn things that will sound okay. And I'm like, that's just him really like trying to be like, Hey, can I like do my job more so that I can get better at it? Because I feel like, like I need to learn and grow and I'm not really growing anymore. And I think that's the reason, like, that's got to be a little bit, a little piece of why George walks out because, you know, he, he realizes like, there's not really that much of an opportunity for growth anymore in this group. I think that's so interesting. Cause I feel like the two biggest like fights between like Paul and George and like one is, you know, the big, like, whatever you want me to play, or if you don't want me to play at all, <laughs> whatever it is that'll please you, I'll do it. But then I had never really paid much attention to later in the episode where Paul's like looking at John. He's like, where did we get that chord from? You know, like what that, what's that from? And George is like, it's just a chord. <laughs> He's like, it's just a chord. It's not from anything. And, and Paul's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But John, you know, like, isn't it from that? And he's like, it's just a chord. Like, I think that is interesting how both like the two of us and that conversation both spring from like guitar things. And maybe George is like, I'm the lead guitarist. It would be nice if like I had a part in this conversation rather than like, no, 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 you sit and shut up. Like the adults are talking. Yeah, exactly. Side comments. And even when they were talking, I think about like the music in general, I forgot the context, but then George was just like, it sounds like the same old shit. And then John was like, well, I like the same old shit. And he's probably like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like the thing with the um, don't let me down harmonies is so interesting too. Cause like, I also was like, thank God they didn't leave those in. And then they keep doing it. And George is like, yeah, it's, I think it sounds awful. Like, I just love how brutally honest. He's like, you don't have to leave that in there. And they're just like, no, no. Exactly. And yeah, in the end, maybe he was right where they're like, and he's like, if we had a tape recorder, like you could, there's just so many moments in this where George plays that back and throw it out. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's like suggesting good ideas and like almost everything he says, like ends up happening, you know, where he's like, we need like a piano player, like Billy Preston. It's like, we, I don't, we shouldn't be here. We should like, this place sucks. The acoustics suck. Like yeah. so much of what he said. They all agreed on that too. From the beginning, it was just the so cool because they're all like, this place sucks. This place sucks. It's like, okay, then leave. But the Go first, but the first person to bring it up though is George. Yeah. He's the, I think that's literally one of the first lines is George says, this isn't good acoustically in this place or something like that. Like, 
he like he that was one of also things that I took notes on is because like George is on it the whole time. He's like, Hey, can we get back to what we're doing? Like, Hey, do you guys want some sandwiches? I got you. We need to eat. Uh, maybe we should rehearse some songs first when like Paul and John start like doing their Paul and John thing. And, and George was, what are they talking about? They're talking about a guitar and a bass together. And Paul's like, what if it, what if there's two guitar basses together and then George goes, maybe we should try and rehearse some songs first. Like, Come on, yes. boys, let's get back to it. Probably just kind of wants, he wants to get the process over with the most because you can clearly see, at least from when he was like, yeah, I'm going to leave the band. Like just that whole mindset. He was just like, I'm done with this band. I just want to get this album over with. Please let it be our last. Let's just work and get out of here. Yeah, well, and I feel like, too, in my perception, like, I feel like him trying early on, like, I feel like he tries, and then he's like, nobody's listening, so I might as well leave. Like, I feel like there's so, I think there's, like, two big moments where Paul is like, I just don't feel supported, and it's like, because you have this one way of doing it, and when George is kind of like, hey, I'm here, I want to work, but I'm not just going to, like, do what you ask, like, I have ideas, and I think maybe we should do this, or, like, I really liked what you said, Layla, about, like, George is the one who's on top of it, because like thinking about he's 25 in this video which is so bizarre like he's still very young and when they're talking about taking a boat to like Africa he's the one who's like we're still paying off magical mystery door <laughs> like that's not <laughs> smart like he's a he has to you know sometimes be like the Debbie Downer because what sometimes just saying yes to everything or having these wild ideas is what drove them like to the end because it just didn't work you know yeah, because they didn't have a daddy figure anymore and like nobody to like take care of them and tell them like things to do. And George has always been reported as the businessman. So like it, it makes sense that he's the one who's like trying to step up and everybody's still like, no, George, you're the little baby. And he's like, I'm not, though. Yeah, Literally. I do think I remember right after Get Back came out, I saw somebody say like, you know, everybody always thought like, Paul was the mom of the group and yet like when George leaves the chaos that they descend into it's like maybe George was the mom of the group because I know that's yeah. also just like an emotional release of like them all being scared and like not wanting to talk about it so let's just like scream and climb on shit but I, I thought that was interesting too. It makes me curious as to like what the room was like whenever they whenever Ringo walked out you know like did it have the same energy or like, you know? Yeah. Or even like the return that they had for Ringo of like, yeah. Covering the studio and flowers, like Georgia kind of just seemed like, come on, like come back, you know? And it's like, not like, fun. we love you, Ringo. We appreciate you. Come <laughs> back. Where they were like, George, please come back because we need you for our album. <laughs> That's literally what it was at that point because they were just so depressed they didn't know what to do. That's more that we're going to talk about in part two because that's when you got yeah. that whole emotional beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like even just that ending of like the meeting does not go well. Like, and then isn't it a pity playing in the background? Like whoever in the demo to whoever chose that, well fucking done. That was so perfectly like his voice in like a room where he's not there and like talking about like it's so sad that we break each other's hearts. It's like yeah. Ugh. And all the boys are all kind of just like hugging each other and it's like, oh my gosh, stop. Oh. Because they're like, it's coming to an end. It really is ending. Like whether it's now or later, it's old, like it's it's kind of over. 
Yeah, they um, still had a little bit of time, obviously, but that was like the beginning of the end when George walked. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that thing about like how in a marriage you're not supposed to say divorce, because like once it's in the air, it's like, oh, we're we might get divorced. And like just how casually, you know, when George says, like, maybe we should get a divorce, and just Paul's like, Well, yeah, like I I said that at the last meeting, like that it's so casual to all of them that they're all like they all have sex. It's already up in the air. Exactly. And once it's up there, it's like, it's really just going to be a slow descend. And the fact that they all yeah. kind of know that is is sad. And they're like working together to make it not so bad, but then like the egos. <clears throat> the egos. And then I noticed that basically like they're all trying to work and focus on making the music, but then all the other team members like Mal and Dennis and Michael, especially I saw it. They're all just kind of like, yeah. So uh, where do you want to go for the live show? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? It was just that constantly. And I, the amount of times, every time Michael spoke, when I rewatched this, I was like, can you please stop and shut up and stop focusing on the show? There's not going to be a show if they don't have any music to play, let them write the music. And I, I forgot the exact quote he said, but I remember he said at one point, like, oh, this is going to be like a great package or like a great package deal or something. Cause he's like, oh, you're going to have the show. You're going to have the album. You're going to have this documentary. And he's like, why is he why is he so focused on just trying to sell that? Like it clearly it's kind of just the way that I saw it was him just being like looking at everything happening, going, Oh, this is some good content. This is some good content. You know, this is kind of going to make us maybe a lot of money. And it's like, why are you, it seems, I don't know if that's exactly what he was thinking in that moment, but that's what was coming across every time he spoke. And he was kind of roping all the other team members into it. And it's like, you are only adding to the stress because they clearly just want to focus on the music and you kind of being over their shoulder, like, Hey, excuse me. And they're just, and there was one part that even John's like, Oh, why don't you salt off? And it's like, thank you. Let's just let them play. Let them play the music. Cause they're not going to get anywhere if you don't let them. He's really unlikable in that film. Yeah. That I didn't notice that the first time around the second time around, I'm like, Holy shit, Michael, calm down. Well, and he also just like says mad inappropriate stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I agree that like the they should not be in the business. Like because one they're not good at it as we learned. <laughs> like they're just like, yeah, let's do, like because they're tw- young 20-year-olds and they think that they have unlimited amounts of money, so it's like they should not be in con- complete control of those decisions like and they're aware of it. Like it's things haven't been the same since Mr. Epstein died, you know, and it's like they did need that figure, but that figure shouldn't have been one of them. Like it shouldn't have been Paul. It should have been somebody else, but you know, that mystery person will never know like if anybody really could have been that person for them after Brian died. And even Paul was saying that they all kind of lack discipline. And so if Paul's admitting that even he lacks discipline, he shouldn't be that leader. They got to find someone else. Yeah. And like what brings you together too is turning against like the head person. It's like, oh, we got to wear these stupid suits because that's what he said. And like that brings them together. And if Paul is that guy, you know, it makes them all be like, oh, Paul is such a pain in the ass. And like, you don't want that. And I think that's probably what Paul is like talking about when he's like has that conversation where he's like, I'm scared of me being boss. And I have been for a couple of years now. Like, I think that's what he's touching on. But like, George is not in a position to hear it because George is like, listen, I don't care that we're all like, whatever. Listen, like, I just am trying to like contribute to the music and you're not letting me do it. That's what I'm having the conversation about right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like one of the 
things I heard about like when George left and the fact that like I always thought he went home to like Escher when I found out that he went home goes home to Liverpool like in that second episode where they're like oh he's in Liverpool like I just that to me touches my heart so much because again like he's 25 he's had like a fight with his friends who he's been with for like 10 years at this point and like he wants to go home like he wants to see his mom like that is just Oh, warms my heart. It's my soul. And like, you know, what's like crazy also about that is like, he was living with some like other woman and Patty had left. And then he was like, listen, girl, you got to go. I got to bring my wife to Liverpool because like, it's like, I need to be around people that I love. So goodbye, sweetheart. Like it was nice, but thank you. No, thank you. I didn't know that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Reset for him. He just realized, oh my gosh, what is my life right now? I got to figure yeah. all this out. Poor guy. Yeah. And like watching him in later episodes be like, oh, you know, I think I'm actually going to do my own thing for like seeing the beginning of like all things must pass starting in this where he's like, I think I know what my next step is after this. And I feel like once he kind of figures that out, he feels more comfortable in the group too, where it's like, okay, you're not going to listen to me. Well, like, that's fine. I'm going to be fine on my own. And that's okay. And also, like, he's probably, be, like, walking around with mad confidence knowing that he almost shut the whole project down by leaving. Like, you know, he's like, this, I, you guys piss me off and I will walk out again and this whole thing will be over. So just realize who you're talking to. And they're just kind of like, okay, this yeah. is fine. We'll do what you say, George. Yeah, he definitely gains some negotiating power. And, like, yeah, he gets some of the things he wants where he's like, I don't want to be a Twickingham anymore. Like, I think he brings in Billy, you know, like, he still doesn't want to do the live performance, but, you know, he's like, okay, fine, I'll go on the roof is, like, a concession, you know? So, yeah, he it, in some ways it does give him, like, some of... I think it was the right thing to do, you know? Like, if I'm not getting the respect, if you're not going to listen to me, I physically have no other choice than to go. But I still love how nervous he sounds. He's like, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> I'm uh, leaving he's the He's kind of afraid now. of what the other, like, of what Paul and John are gonna say. He's probably thinking that they're gonna be like, no, the fuck you're not, sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, John's like, when? And he's like, now. And then like, oh? <laughs> what All did right. you say? It is interesting that Paul's not there. I'm so curious, like, like, was he in a different part of the studio that somebody's like, hey, uh, George just left, you know? And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think like it's all down to like the relationship that they had. Like, I feel like because when Paul comes in the room, it really changes like the whole the whole vibe of the room. And so like probably George was like, man, I don't want to be the one to tell Paul. Like, I'll just tell John because John's I feel like they're like mommy and daddy and John is the dad. And he's like, if I tell dad, I won't get in as much trouble as if I tell mom. I definitely agree with that. Those roles that they play. It's a good analogy. Thank you. I think, too, a huge part of this whole series, of course, is like Yoko and people being like, see, all she did was just sit like (laughs) she's just sitting there. And like, Uh I really admired the restraint she also had because she's like a trained musician and she has to listen to get back 50 plus times and not be like, I think that line, because she knows, like, that's not going to be welcomed here. And while Linda, you know, like, she gets to come to this place and she's a photographer, she gets to take pictures, like, she gets to, like, exist in that creative space around them. You know, it's like, Yoko knows, like, 
mm, that's not going to be welcomed here. I'm just going to sit and, and listen, even though like, it must've been hard to not be like, I have an idea, you know, it's like, oops, okay, I'll shut up. Cause yeah. that's not I hate happen. that people act like she was so controlling in that. And I'm glad that get back kind of like showed her in that light. Like she was just kind of minding her own business and she wasn't trying to say, Oh, what about if you did this, this and that? Like she was just, it was just kind of like, Oh, just a little friend on the side. You know, I'm just here cause John's here and I'm here to vibe. And I'm so thankful that I saw that because this whole time I was under the impression that she was maybe, maybe not overly controlling, but I thought she was going to be a little bit more assertive than she was. I feel like her presence there is mainly just like for John specifically, like, like obviously, but I feel like John like needed her in the studio to like be able to exist in that space at that time in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, there, I think it is kind of painted like she controlled him and like made him do stuff. But like, yeah, I do think it was like mutual of them both being like, like if she had left, he might have been like, no, like stay here. Like, and yeah, they've just been through, you know, like a miscarriage. Like they've been through difficult things like pretty recently. And so, yeah, I do think it's interesting where they're all coming from, coming into the studio too. you know, like George being with Bob Dylan and he's like, that was so great. And this is so miserable. Like, why am I here? You know? And yeah, I think it's hard. It's easy to forget that they're bringing in like life experiences as well as, you know, like where they are musically as a group. But yeah. they're each kind of bringing in their own source of comfort in a way into the studio because they know that it's going to be rough and they know that there's going to be tension. And there was. Yeah. Yeah. Like George brings his, um, uh, Hare Krishna friends and I do love that uh like who's that little old man you know I love that they yeah. they say that <laughs> I was like huh I know back. that one <laughs> I do see a lot of, it's funny how like yeah it, it's almost like when you hear them talk about the past you're like you guys know about that like yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah we no also like what's crazy is like listening to them read about themselves like what? what are you doing? The boys, the boys in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Bingo is doing time in mailbags. Says, it's fascinating. <laughs> I still quote that on the daily because of you. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's incredible. It is. There's so many quotable moments in that in general. In that I like that. Uh, we, I think like chronologically, we kind of went over it, but like when George goes, forget about the last pop poll. Like, yeah. that's one of my favorite, like, because he's done. He's so pissed about that stupid thing. Oh, I do love, I think it was maybe like Rob Sheffield who like writes for Rolling Stone. I think he maybe, he talks about how like bitchy George is like in this whole series, but especially this first episode. And like, I do love how when they do, I've got a feeling like, obviously they're singing the words I've got a feeling over and over again. And George goes, is that called I've got a feeling? <laughs> like, hmm. I wonder what sarcasm. I love it. He's a mythic bitch. Like I love him so much. Like if he wasn't a bitch, like, yeah, it's almost like so understandable. It's like, how could you be in that room and not act that catty? Cause it's like, yeah, no, I'd be the same if I was him. George sometimes does remind me of like a woman where it's like, <laughs> I like not being listened to, like having to kind of snap back sometimes. I'm like, j he just gives yeah. women energy sometimes when he's like, nobody fucking listens to me. So, well, yeah. Why George is becoming the favorite amongst the masses now. And that's why, yeah, that's why he's a no biny fave because he's got elements of all, all of it. Exactly. 
he really, really channels gender. Precisely. Yeah, and I do think it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to watch this show. Like, I when I first became a fan, I like heard about the fight, and I was like, oh my god! Like, I bet they're like screaming. And I watched it on YouTube, and I was like, that's not so bad, you know. But then, like, the more I got to know them, and I like saw the fight again. I'm like, oh, like, because it's not screaming. It's just like two people who like love each other who are just so frustrated and at like a breaking point. And it's sad for like that reason, not because it's like, you're fucking tough. Like, they're not screaming. It's just more like, yeah. it's more what they're not saying too, that you're like, oh, like it hurts. Yeah. So, and so like, communicate with each other, please. Because they're yeah. so burnt out. And it, yeah, you're right that it is depressing just to know like that's the end of their musical career as a band because you can just see it slowly dwindling away. But then the fact they were still able to put out such an incredible album just makes it even better because you're like, wow, that even like the end, I know it's kind of like getting towards the ending of Get Back, but like after that documentary as a whole, I thought like I got so emotional. I cried afterwards because I thought you just went through all of that shit you started from nothing you got to the rooftop you still created a beautiful album despite all the tension going on and the breakup basically on the horizon like I cannot believe that they were able to pull that off yeah I think like yeah as a musician it's, it's interesting to watch that show too and like and see the difference in process because like you said like I think later on in life, there was some sort of like bridge that they all like that they all worked with Ringo, you know, it's like musically, we all still connect with Ringo and, and emotionally, we all love Ringo. But, you know, even George, like how he said later on, he's like, I don't think I could ever work with Paul again, just musically. And like, I think you do kind of see like, and again, that fight is about process. It's about like, do we just keep jamming until like we find a spot or do we work out part by part? Like, I do feel like Paul is so vague in what he's like asking for. Like, I feel like if I was George, I'd be like, what do you want from me? Like, it's not super clear. Like how he says, like, I don't think you really know what that one is. And so you're kind of like projecting it onto me. Like, yeah. I do think there's like a, just a different way that they want to make music. And like, that's almost like ir ir irreconcilable between them. Yeah. No, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I do remember him being like, yeah, like you don't even know, like you're trying to kind of boss us around and you don't even know like what you want us to play because you're trying to figure it out in the process. Well, like the part where where he's working through two of us and like he's not even saying words like George is like, what's the count? Like, what's the how do you count it out? And and Paul's like not even paying attention to that. He's just like, it's like, da, da, na, na, da, 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 na, na, you know, like you're not, you're not being a good instructor. You're not like trying to help like George create with you. You just sort of like directing something and you're not being very clear about what you're trying to get across. So like, there's no wonder why he's not getting it exactly the way you want it because you don't know how to communicate it. So, uh, yeah. 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 And that's like communication around the board in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of that quote by George where he's like, if you write something, it should feel like as if I wrote it and vice versa, you know? And like, I do think that was really interesting to me. Cause like, I wonder in the past if he had felt that way, you know, like he kind of says like the last album is the first one I really like started trying on. And it's like, did before, was it always just like, George, play this. And now he's like, wait, I kind of want to feel like I'm a part of this. And like, or those songs that they all write together that never turned into songs, like that they, the fact that they credit all four of them 
It's like, I feel like if the Beatles were to have existed longer, that shift would have had to happen where it's like, it's not just the two of you. It's all of us. And yeah. Like, yeah. We all got to be a part of and that. It was, it, was, it was gradually getting there anyway, because you see like more Harrison songs and even like more of Ringo singing just as the band progresses. And we would have gotten even more, like you said, had they continued further. Yeah. And we would love to see it. I would have loved to see how that would have all turned out without like the whole like John and Paul kind of dominating the entire group thing. I feel like that is something to ponder on. That's something I would have loved to see. Yeah. Yeah. Even like, give me some truth. Like I was kind of like, you know, who would be a great collaborator with that? John George. Like, I feel like that song could have been such a George John song. Like I would have loved to see that. He George did play on, um, how do you sleep though? So you get a little bit of his guitar work in there. I do love that they were, yeah, he's like, yeah, I hate Paul too. Let's, (laughs) let's team up. (laughs) And do you want to write a diss track? (laughs) And Ringo's like, oh, like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm there. I already got like the files. And yeah, the George writes Wawa after this too, I think is like so telling. I, I love that line of like, you made me such a big star. And I always, every time I hear that, I'm like, and he's like, oh yeah, it's all thanks to you, isn't it? That I'm here. Like, thank you for doing this. Yeah. Like again, the sarcastic tone. Well, because like, and that's like, I've been thinking about that a lot. Uh, after watching this is like I feel like Paul never moved past seeing George as like the kid he brought in to the quarryman like he was like I got you here and so you will listen to me and that is how we, we will create and I don't know where your like ego is coming from but like this is the relationship that we've always had so I don't know why you're upset and George is like no because like you've given me the power to like by watching you guys to create like and to to express myself the way that I want to and now like you won't let me collaborate with you and that's really like alienating and everything i just feel like paul's view of george never evolved but george's view of paul did mm-hmm. you know so like and i i feel like that's something that paul must regret about his relationship with George is that he never, he never got, he never fully realized who George was. Um, and yeah, like, you know, that part in uh, the living in the material world documentary where they're like talking about all things must pass. And they're like, Paul had to admit that he didn't really know the song. And like, like he plays this, he plays on the song in this episode and has no clue what's going on with it. Like, <laughs> just their relationship is tough. I feel like Paul in a way just was also kind of like, he didn't want to let go of the fact that George was like the little kid. Cause I feel like Paul was maybe afraid of losing a little bit of power. And I also remember at one point in the documentary, I wrote it down that when they were singing, um, they were trying to find the lyrics to don't let me down or they were trying to figure out how it was going to sound. And Paul was saying to John, like, Oh, don't shout it's power. Or like John had like said something kind of being like, Oh, it's going to be like this, like it's going to be that. And Paul's like, Oh, a little bit of power there. So it's like, what are you so afraid of? Like there's clearly something going on there. You got some egotistical problems. Both of what you said. So on the nose, like I definitely think, like, cause like you said, if George isn't the little kid, who's next? It's Paul, you know? So it's like, I do think there's kind of that like little, that sibling instinct where it's like, well, you're the baby. Cause I'm the big grown up with John, you know? And it's like, 
well, nobody really cares, you know, like they're nine months difference between them, you know, like even in the anthology, George is like, I was always nine months younger than Paul. I still am nine months younger than Paul. Like, and he, like you said, like throughout their entire life, there was that like, Paul's like, I am older than you. And George is like, okay, I get it. But like, we're 40 now, like it doesn't really matter. (laughs) And yeah, even when George dies, like, what does Paul say? Like, he was my baby brother. You know, it's like, that is a part in Paul's mind. That is their relationship. Big brother, like little brother for good or worse. Well, I do think at a certain point, George was like, come on, like, we're basically the same age. Ringo is like, what, like three years older than me. And he's able to like, treat me as an equal. And, you know, I wish that you could kind of see me that way. But yeah, I just, that is so interesting of how that relationship evolved or didn't at certain points yeah. in time. I think like the time that they spent away from each other was really like, okay, like George being like, all right, I, if I want my relationship with Paul to continue, if I do, like, I have to be okay with the fact that like, he's never going to see me as anything, but like, I have to be the mature one in the relationship to be like, all right, yeah, ha, 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 I'm nine months younger than you, whatever. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's definitely true. And I think like, like, even when he says like, you don't annoy me anymore, you know, it's like, (laughs) just that addition of the word anymore. It's like, you know, I do think there's that limit of him. Maybe, maybe he got to a kind of breaking point with Paul. And he's like, like you said, if this is gonna happen, I need to just kind of make some peace with this and like, not let what annoys me about him, like constantly annoy me or like, I'm never going to talk to him, you know, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's interesting, but that also kind of reminds me too of like George and how he accepted feedback because like, you know, it did kind of seem like when George would chime in, it was like, "Mm, yeah, okay, no, we're not going to do that. But like, even all things must pass, you know, like John is like, well, what if you said like a mind can blow those clouds away? And George goes, yeah, okay. And like, he takes the note. And I just think that's like also an interesting difference between them of like, I think George is more like, yeah, I want your feedback, you know, and I, I will listen to it. Yeah, he's well, being the I, mature one in that situation. Cause John and Paul he, don't even give him the time of day. I think he had just come off of like working with the band too. And so like, he like saw that other people could like respect him as a musician. And then he was like, okay, now I'll go back into the studio and work with people who should also respect me as a musician. And they said, actually, no. And he was like, okay, then what am I here for? Because I could work with people who want to work with me and collaborate with me in the way that I want to collaborate. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do think like the, the ultimate fuck you of like all things must pass of like, especially how well it did. Like, I know they all kind of had ups and downs, you know, it wasn't just George, like, yeah, George is the most successful Beatle forever, you know, but I do think, (laughs) yeah, that first stepping out on their own for George to do as well as he did, I do wonder if, you know, there was a little bit of, from John and Paul, like, huh, maybe, maybe that was a good song and maybe we should have done that. No, absolutely. There had to be. Yeah. Right under their noses the whole time. (laughs) They're just kind of like, yeah, George, maybe you're all right. He was like, yeah, thanks. I know. He's like, I can't hear you over the record I can't hear you over all things with (laughs) class. Uh, and then Dark Horse comes and he's like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> he's, like, Never mind. he's like, living in the material world, he's like, I got it. <laughs> he's I like, didn't want he's this. Like, I, yeah, I, I hate this whole thing, so. 
So he's, he's the equivalent of like taking your ball back on the playground. He's like, oh, you don't like my music? Well, fuck you. It's not for you anyway. So <laughs> I don't care if I don't win awards. You don't like the Jesus shit? Well, too bad. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Come no, on. I admire that a lot about George, but he was just like, yeah, I'm just writing music for me. Like if it goes to number one, great. If it doesn't, I don't care. Like this is just me kind of talking about my life. I'm like, yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like even got my mindset on you were like cloud nine as a whole, you know, it's like, it is a little more commercial, but you don't get that feeling that he was like, Hmm, maybe I should make something more commercial. Like I do, you just get that feeling of him still being like, this sounds fun. Like I'm going to do something like this. And then, you know, it was more maybe generally appealing to like the general public, but it still felt like that was what he wanted to do. Not like, Oh, I better like try to get back in the charts, you know, but it was never forced out. Yeah. Well, is that all of our all of our thoughts on part one? I believe so. Yeah. Speak now or forever hold your peace. That was basically like George and Paul, a, a story of two <laughs> brothers. <laughs> that relationship so fascinating to me. I could go on. Yeah. I think like enough people talk about McLennan, and I'm interested in McLennan, and that you know, like I see it and everything, but like. Nobody, nobody really like zeroes in on that relationship and like deep dives. And I think it's a very, very, very interesting relationship to talk about because uh, like, as you said at the very beginning, Katie, like they knew each other first. Um, so it's just very and special. I kind of forget that sometimes. Yeah. 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 Like, like it used to be Paul and George. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that's so... I think that's so true. And like Nick Lennon, like there's so much that they have said about each other that like to dissect and stuff, but like, yeah, George and Paul too, like, especially Paul, like I kind of wish Paul talked about George more. Cause like, I'm sometimes like, okay, I, I understand how you feel about John and like, obviously losing John in such a sudden way where like George, like, yeah, he got to like, you know, sit and hold his hand for hours, like towards the end of his life and really have that moment of like closure with him that he didn't get with John. But I still am like, well, yeah, like, where's your song for George? Or like, just t tell us more about that relationship. Cause like, I know you loved him. And like, yeah, if I could sit down with Paul and just talk to him about George, I would have so many questions. And like, cause it almost, again, it almost feels like that dismissal thing where it's like, why don't you talk about George? Cause like, yeah. you know. Even like at his concerts, yeah, he sings here today for John. And I'm so glad he does a tribute to George. And it's like, okay, well, you're singing one of his songs. Like, have you, you need to write a song for him. Because I know There's, that you love him. You probably just don't want to admit that you love him as much as you do. Because John thing, is your number one. The things like, you guys know Friends to Go was written like Paul said, but like George wrote it through him or whatever. Right. Like that to me is like still not enough. Like where's your, where's your George song, man? Yeah, yeah like you're bringing out your heart to Mr. Lennon over here. <laughs> I know that George was your baby brother and maybe not your soulmate over here, but please. Yeah. Yeah. Again, maybe there is some sort of guilt with that. Like I do remember that moment too of like, was it Eric Clapton gross censor that <laughs> for who said the thing about <laughs> Paul not knowing the words to all things was passed and like kind of being embarrassed about it. Like, I do wonder if there's yeah. maybe guilt with Paul too. And like, or even like making it back, like him having to rewatch that. I wonder if some part of him was like, shit, like I was kind of like a dick and like, it's hard for him to talk about that. 
I would have loved to be in the same theater as him as I he mean, watched it and just like seeing his face because he probably was thinking like, oh shoot, I was maybe a little a tad too bossy. I could have dialed it back. And he's probably sitting there like yelling at himself like, Paul, shut up. Because if that's what yeah, we no. were all doing, that I guarantee you that's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's That's the thing that I was like, saying before like I think that like I feel like probably the reason why he doesn't talk about George that much is because he was like man it's really embarrassing how much I thought I knew George and I don't Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and again like being around people who did maybe know him better and then being like shit I thought I was like his best friend and now here's all these people who like saw him a lot more than I did and knew him better than I did yeah and that yeah people people who allowed him to like be himself and stuff and didn't just like respect marginalize him him. yeah expand on his ideas without being immediately shut down by a duo that shall not be named over here yeah (laughs) over here yeah like if george or john could see get back to like especially because they were the ones who most were like that time in our lives sucked like you know (laughs) like it would be interesting and both paul and ringo have been like wow like it was actually better than we thought like i do wonder if their perspectives also would have shifted if they were like Oh, yeah, I guess, like, it wasn't that bad, but it it felt awful. And, yeah, Paul didn't listen to me. Like, look, there's footage of it, of him not listening to me. (laughs) I I wonder if that's one of those situations where George would have, you know, a bitchy comment to say. Probably would. He'd be like, look, see, we got the receipts. I was telling you guys this whole damn time. And And now here it is on the screen. Thank you, Peter. (laughs) 80-year-old George Harrison was like, yeah, they pulled out the receipts, bitch. <laughs> I also God, feel, like- I feel like George in general would get along the most with our generation because we'd just be like, <laughs> thank you. He's got the same sass levels that we all have. Literally. Like, one of the reasons I like George, too, is, like, I kind of like that he, like, didn't like the Beatles to some extent. Like, I, I like the idea that, like, if he was alive, he'd be like, why do you, why do you all care about this anymore? Like, like, this doesn't matter anymore. Well, I feel like, you know, Paul is like, we were the Beatles, like, we were so cool. And like, the Beatles are cool. And it's like, yeah, but maybe especially because of like, you know, the gatekeeping of like, other some people in the Beatles fandom who are like, this doesn't belong to you. You know, it's kind of nice to be like, yeah, the Beatles suck, you know? <laughs> fuck those guys and I like that George kind of was like we were just a band like we weren't that good like I like that he can have that perspective and so laid back about it yeah (laughs) thanks for listening to episode two of Apple Scruffs make sure to connect with us on social media to hear about new episodes and to let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about Skylar, Layla, and I are all going on some exciting adventures in the next month, so our next episode will be a debrief of all our exciting journeys. So stay tuned. Thanks. <laughs>